Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another dope jam-packed show for you today. Today, we have none other than Aaron Darden, who is a soror of mine and also <laughs> a good friend and also a alumni of the Shippensburg University. I am so happy to have her on. We're going to be talking about emotional intelligence. What is that? Well, friend, I'm glad you asked because we are going to get into it. So a little bit about Aaron before we begin. Aaron is an experienced attorney turned certified emotional intelligence coach committed to improving interpersonal relationships, both personally and professionally. Her areas of specialization include effective communication, efficient dispute resolution and cultivating positive environments man i hope y'all are ready for this interview she first learned about emotional intelligence when she was trying to manage her relationship with what she thought was a condescending supervisor who hasn't had one of those she was able to turn a troubling work relationship that often made her feel anxious and defeated into one where she felt supported which enabled her to thrive so we are going to get into it and hopefully you the listener will be able to pick up what she's putting down this is the melanin report aaron what's going on hey thanks so much for having me yes yes thanks for coming on and let's just jump right into it because i mean you are a renaissance woman oh man uh so um First and foremost, can um can you share the story of your transition uh, from being a attorney to becoming mm-hmm. a certified emotional intelligence coach? Yeah, so it's not as linear as a lot of people think that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, right after graduating law school, went straight into an attorney position, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost immediately knew that this wasn't for me. This oh. wasn't why I was created. I would say probably within a couple of months of practicing. Oh, wow. I knew this wasn't it for me long term. Um, And it was just about being patient and trying to figure out, you know, why was I created? That was the question that Mm. I was trying to figure out for myself. Like, why am I here? I thought that I wanted to be an attorney. I enjoyed law school, right? I didn't have that struggle story. Oh, this is it. This is my lane. Yeah. Right. I'm good at it. This is, you know, I'm going into litigation. Perfect. And I got there and I was like, oh, this Mm. is not this ain't it for me. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I went on that personal journey to figure out, well, Aaron, why do you feel like you were created? And I went on this long search and I came up with coaching. Mm. Um, and it's because, well, my friend actually pointed out to me, right. It was, well, maybe the fact that people always come to you for help, maybe that has something to do with your purpose. Mm. Um, so fast forward in the story, I enrolled to get my coaching certification and I'm like, this is it. This is what comes naturally to me. Yeah. Um. And so I figured out that coaching is my purpose. And in the program, I was going through the portion of the program that was on emotional intelligence. Mm. And at the time or when they tell you is that emotional intelligence is usually taught to improve work relationships. Right. With a supervisor and a subordinate. Mm-hmm. And so I was at the time I was having issues with a supervisor. And once I applied the skills, I'm like, oh, this actually works. Mm. And so then I thought about it like, well, if it works. In work relationships, what about romantic relationships? Because romantic relationships have a bigger impact on your quality of life. Right. We will quit a job if we're upset, if somebody, we feel disrespected, I quit, I'm out of here. But we're not so quick to leave a romantic relationship that is no longer serving us. I did not know that we were going to be preaching today. So please continue. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. 
<laughs> so after I figured that it works in a work relationship and I tried it in my personal relationships, I said, oh, this works. Mm. Um, fast forward. But then I felt like a hypocrite. Right. I was still practicing law. But at night I was coaching. And so I was helping people figure out their life, figuring out their dreams, their goals. But every day I had to get up and go to a place that I hated. Mm. And it finally got to the point where I felt like it was me or the job. We couldn't both coexist. So I quit. Mm. People were like, well, what do you want to do? I'm going to go to sleep. Like that was, the only thing. <laughs> that was the only thing that was on my mind at the moment yeah. was to go to sleep. Right. Um, and so I don't necessarily recommend people. I don't recommend people do what I do. Like I quit. I didn't necessarily have a plan. Yes, mm -hmm. I was coaching at the time, but I didn't have enough clients to supplement my attorney salary mm -hmm. at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was something that I knew that I felt like in my office, I felt like I was a, in a cage. Mm. And my mom would call me like, you at work? Yeah, I'm in my cage. Like that's how I would refer to it because that's how it felt to me. Wow. And I knew that I was bigger than this, that this was not why I was created. So I quit. Um, and then I'm like, well, I guess this coaching thing is going to have to work. And so I've just been putting so much time and dedication and really, you know, just throwing myself into it. And I've learned how much people need emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize that people don't even know that they're not in a healthy relationship. Um, and so I have just become so um, consumed, right? Really interested and passionate about helping people build and maintain healthy romantic relationships. Yeah. So can you uh, uh, take us to that moment when you started to think about why you were created and, and your purpose in, in life? Was it a conversation? Was it a, a, a moment? Was it, you know, you're just having a moment of Zen? Was it a walk? What was it that made you start thinking about your purpose and, and the reason why you were created? It definitely wasn't like a singular moment. Mm. Um, it was a it was a process. I think, like I said, after two months of practicing and me not enjoying it. Mm. Right. Of course, when you start something new, right, there's going to be a learning curve. Yes. But I'm in this for two, three months at this point. I know the learning curve is over, but I'm still miserable. Mm. Like I used to cry every single day I had to go to work. Mm. And I've learned your emotions are there to tell you that you don't like something. Yeah. Ooh. And so I'm over the learning curve. I know how to do the work. I could do the work. Like for the most part, it's the same type of work day to day, not too much changes. So why are you still so upset? Mm -hmm. And when I really took time to sit with it, um, I just felt like, you know, praying and all of that, like this is, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. And so once I was able to wrap my head around it, right. Because then it came the feeling of feeling guilty, right. A lot of people, you tell them you're an attorney. Oh, I've always wanted to be an attorney. So yeah. then I felt ungrateful, mm -hmm. right. This is a job that a lot of people admire or in the job that I got straight out of law school, it was like unheard of for me who went to a fourth tier HBCU law school mm. to get this job at the federal government straight out of law school is like unheard of. Right. And so then I really felt ungrateful. So here I am. I came from a fourth tier law school to this, you know, federal, federal government one, not one in a million, but it's really difficult to get this position and I'm here and I don't like it. Mm. So I had to learn that it was okay that I didn't enjoy being an attorney. Mm hmm. And that I can create my own definition of success. Mm. I don't have to live up to what society is saying, right? I don't have to feel bad about it. It's a great, great profession. It's a great job. Yeah. Even to this day, I still, that job was amazing. Like I have the four and a half years that I worked there. 
I have more experience than some attorneys that's been practicing for 20, 30 years have. So wow. the job was amazing. That's how I knew it was me, right? Mm -hmm. This is not a good fit for me. Um, and I just had to go on, right, a search. I went on a fast, cut out, you know, social media, cut out mm. the outside, just spend time with myself, asking myself the difficult question, like, well, what is it that you're good at? What is it that you like to do? Is there a certain population or a certain topic that you are more passionate about? Mm. Um, and I actually wrote these down. So I wrote a book about finding my purpose and how I did it. And so these are the questions that I posed myself that I wrote in the book that kind of helped me to figure out that coaching is it, right? And there's similarities with being an attorney, right? I was in litigation. Litigation is about getting to the facts, asking the right questions, the discovery, right? That's essentially what coaching is as well, right? So it's still the same skill set that I use. Mm -hmm. I just use it in a different environment now. Yeah, so um, so you, you kind of snuck that in there a little bit when you said you wrote a book so i'm going to circle back on okay. on um uh, on that because i definitely want to um uh, hone in on that um but um more importantly right now you mentioned um what many call the pivot uh you were mm -hmm. doing one thing and then you you pivoted and now you're doing something else mm -hmm. how how nerve-wracking uh, was that and and for the listener at home what advice could you give them to go through with this pivot be, 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 because I, I honestly like like this this was a leap this was a leap mm -hmm. of faith you know so um so yeah can you take us through that um emotional journey it was extremely scary right um and if I like that whole imposter syndrome kicked in right for mm. me it was I'm an attorney. This is how people see me. Who's going to listen to me about emotional intelligence? Who's going to take me serious as a coach or relationships? You're not married, right? These are all of the things, the self-doubt that I had, if mm. I'm being honest, right? And um, it took time. And I can't say that I'm 100% over it, right? Yeah. I just don't let it stop me now. And so what gave me the push to actually go for it um, is that because I believe that coaching is my purpose, mm -hmm. I know that your purpose is not about you. Your purpose, you were given this purpose to help other people. Mm -hmm. And I would never want to be the reason that somebody does not get what they need, right? If I'm supposed to be the vessel, if I'm supposed to be their help to figure out something yeah. and they don't figure it out because I'm afraid to just put myself out there, I never wanted to be that person. So that's what gave me the push, understanding that this is not about me. I am here to help and serve other people, right? People need me. Mm. And so that's what kind of gave me the push to just go for it um, so that I can actually start start serving and helping the people that I know that I'm supposed to help. And um, your your purpose, um, you you mentioned that a lot and you um, hit on um, why you made this pivot. So uh, just briefly, uh, again, how did you arrive at coaching? And can you take us to... Uh, your first coaching session. Yeah. So how did I get here? Uh, I spent time with myself, asking myself, what am I good at? Mm. What do I want to do? What do I want my life to look at? Um, right. We all have these innate gifts and skills. Um, mine is asking questions in the right way, right? Mm. Not being judgmental, creating a safe space for people to talk to me. Yeah. Right? I'm really good at taking time to understand people, right? I'm here to be a listening ear and help you figure it out, right? 
which is why I never understood why people always ask me for help because I never give advice. <laughs> never, like I never give advice. I help you figure it out, right? Yeah. Because that's what's important. I don't want to tell you what to do. This is your life. Because mm. if I tell you, you're never going to learn. You're never going to learn a lesson. You're never going to learn how to do this on your own. So every time you need help, you're going to come back to me. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> and so I help you. Like you have the answer. Mm -hmm. You just don't know. And so I just make sure that I ask the right questions for you to say, oh, this is what I really need to do because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. Um, so I just sat and thought about what am I good at? What am I passionate about? Um, for me, it was I don't like to see people settle in relationships. Mm. I believe that relationships, romantic relationships, they're optional. And anybody you allow to be in your life should be a positive addition. But what I found is that what people say and what they do, they don't match up. So mm. we all have this desire for companionship and to be happy in a relationship. But then you're talking to Joe Schmo over here that you know you shouldn't be talking to. Ooh. And so there's a disconnect. And so why is it that we are settling when we say we want a happy, healthy relationship, but then we're over here accepting being mistreated or the disrespect or mm. the abuse, whether verbal, emotional, or whatever, right? There's a disconnect. And that's what I got so interested in. Why is it such a disconnect between what we say we want and what we do, right? So that is the the thing, the problem that I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so I, it just took me time spinning my wheels and figuring out what my skill set is, the problem that I'm passionate about. And how do I put those two together? Like, how can I help solve people's, solve people's problem? And that's kind of how I came up with emotional intelligence and romantic relationships. Oh, man. Well, uh, I'm going to call this a segue because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about right now. So um, mm -hmm. your your business, uh, before mm -hmm. we begin talking about that, um, do we call you the uh, woman hitch? Um. So I don't know if I would say. <laughs> Wheels are turning. That's the, that's those right. Those I've never thought of. I've, I've never considered myself as such. Right. Mm -hmm. My goal is to help people figure out what a healthy relationship looks like for them. Mm -hmm. And so what comes along with that is making sure that they are able to identify the self-imposed barriers that they are putting in place, stopping them from the love and relationship that they want, right? Helping them come over those limiting beliefs that you come up with, like the whole idea, like all men cheat. Eh, if you're going to think like that, that's what you're going to attract, mm. right? And so identifying those self-imposed barriers, but also really figuring out what is it, what does a healthy relationship like looks like for you? Not what society says, not maybe what you learned growing up, Right. Really, what would one look like that aligns with your core values that gives you the opportunity to thrive? Right. There's so much noise out here about mm. what your relationship should and should not look like. But you got to do what works for you and your partner. And so I know that there is a lot of confusion out here about what we really need to do. And so what I try to do is help you really figure out what's most important for you. What do you need in a partner? Making sure that you're looking for things that are actually realistic. Mm. That you have reasonable expectations, reasonable of somebody. Woo, all right. We're using right. power words right right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I mean, am I the female hitch? Uh, maybe, but a lot of the work that I do, we're, it's not easy, right? I'm going right. to get in your business. I'm going to tell you, right? Well, I'm going to help you realize. Most of the time, I don't have to tell people that that was not the best decision or that is not okay. Most people can realize it, mm. um, but. I'm not here to help you figure out how to get a man, right? I want you to mm. be a good partner so that you can get a good partner, right? You people have this idea of, oh, I want X, Y, and Z, but what kind of partner are you? How do you show up in that space? 
And that's the work that I want to do, right? I want you to be mindful. Yes, it's okay to have this list, but we got to start with you. Oh man! All relationships start with you. If you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, you cannot have a healthy relationship with anybody else. And so that's where I come in. How is how is that received? Because that's that's a lot of introspection and accountability right there. And and I get mixed I get mixed feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why I only work with people that are willing to do the work. Ah. I have conversations with people and they don't want to hear it then you're not my target audience, right? Mm. I'm not here to help you change your mind, right? Remember, I'm here to build you the relationship that you want. Mm. And so if you're not willing to take accountability or anything, we this this is not going to work because I'm going to ask you the difficult questions. And if you're going to sit there and lie to yourself, because it ain't about lying to me, you're lying to yourself, Mm. right? You are never going to grow. Your relationship is not going to be healthy. And that means you don't really want what you say you want, which is a healthy relationship. So I only work with people that are actually willing to do the work. You know, I'm going to deliver it, of course, in a compassionate way. I'm not going to be, well, girl, that was that, right? That's not me. My approach is going to be, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be gentle. Mm -hmm. But we do have to talk about these hard truths because these are the things that are stopping you from having a relationship that you say that you want. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Oh, man. I didn't know that I was going to be a part of this uh, session, uh, but 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 I love it. I'm definitely um, picking up some some uh, tidbits and, and I hope you, the listener, are picking up what she's putting down as well. So emotional in- intelligence is a powerful tool in personal and professional growth. So how did you come to realize its significance in improving relationships? I think from my own personal Mm. Um, experience with it, right? Starting with my relationship at work that I was working, fit, you know, trying to fix anything that I would give my supervisor, he would write all over it, like literally right on top of the words that I typed on the paper. Or he would always say, I would say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And he would always tell me that, oh, that's wrong or this isn't going to work. Mm. And I'm like, well, dang, I thought I, I thought I knew what I was doing a little bit. And so he would make me so anxious or make me feel so incompetent because every time you leave my office, you're telling me that I did something wrong. Mm. I felt like I was walking on eggshells or like I couldn't really talk to him or he wasn't hearing me. Even when I tried to explain, he would find a reason to tell me that I was wrong. So here I am. I felt unheard. I felt like I was walking on eggshells. Nothing I did was ever good enough for him. Um, and as I employed the different skills of emotional intelligence, right? So the first one is self-awareness. I knew how it made me feel, right? It made me feel unheard. It made me feel anxious, right? And then the second one is self-management. I knew mm. how I handled those feelings. When he left my office, I would sit and cry. Mm. The one skill that I had not been employing was empathy. And this is one that I think a lot of people skip over is empathy. Taking the time to step into the shoes of the other person. Mm. And so as far as I knew, he was just a condescending, I don't know if I can curse, but he was condescending <laughs> and he wasn't, right? I had other names for him. Like, why yeah. do I care what he thinks? But when I took the time to see things from his perspective, what I realized is he wrote all over my paper because he never could make substantive changes. He didn't know enough. Mm. So when he said, oh, you're missing something, that's because he didn't even read what I wrote. Oh, wow. And so now here I thought, that I was incompetent when really he was, he was. And so the last part of emotional intelligence is using all of this information to fix their relationship. Right. And so what I would do is, so now I know anything I said, you wouldn't tell me no. Mm -hmm. And so what I would go to his office, Hey, 
this is what I'm thinking. I let him tell me no, and I would ask so many questions. <laughs> because I also know that he likes to teach. Yeah. Oh, so let me be a student. Right. And I'm going to ask, oh, well, why isn't it going to work? And when is this and this and this? And he would eventually say what I said in the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it took away the anxiety. Yeah. I felt heard because I just knew I had to let him say it. Right. I had to feed it to him. And it can be exhausting. Right. I would only do it if I felt like it. It can be mm -hmm. exhausting. But I had to do approach the situation in a way that he was receptive of it. Mm. I couldn't go and say, but why not? And this and this and this and that. He wouldn't hear it. He would just shut down. Yeah. But if I go acting like I'm a student because he likes to teach, then I would get exactly what I wanted out of the situation. Hmm. So it's about using these different skill sets. And it works in, like I said, it worked at, in the work environment. I'm like, well, let's try it over here. People fight all the time. Communication is one of the biggest issues in romantic relationships. Yeah. And if you are emotionally intelligent enough, you know how to communicate in a way that your partner can understand and receive you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. Aaron Darden, Master Jedi. I will tell you that. That is, <laughs> that is a Jedi mind trick. Oh, man. Um, uh, again, I hope you, the listener, are, are, are picking up what she's putting down and um, and will share this with a friend because you know that friends don't let friends. The Melanin Report alone. And this is some good stuff. So what specific aspects of emotional intelligence do you find most impactful in fostering healthy and productive environments? Mm hmm. So I think all of the skills are important. So the four skills, self-awareness, mm -hmm. self-management, empathy, and conflict resolution. They are all equally important. I think the two, if I had to pick two, it would be self-awareness and empathy. Mm. Um, self-awareness, right? You got to know who you are to your core. You got to know your triggers. You got to know what baggage you're bringing with you to these relationships. You got to know why you are the way you are. You got to know why you think the way you think, all of that, right? You can't change anything that you are not aware of. Right. So even knowing your areas of growth, your insecurities, all of this, you have to know who you are. Mm -hmm. I would say that is the very, mo the first thing, the most important. The reason I say that empathy is probably equally as important is because as humans, we tend to be selfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We think about what this person can do for us. We, oh, it's my feelings, what I, it's my way or the highway. Like we have a tendency to be selfish and it's natural. However, I think if we were to just take time to step into the shoes of the other person, just to understand, you don't have to agree with them, but if you just take the time to step into their shoes and understand, I think it would make the relationship a lot easier. Mm. The conflict is not as great and you can resolve things a lot quicker. So just a conversation that I had recently, I was talking to a woman and she was complaining about her boyfriend not communicating with her. Mm -hmm. And she felt like it was like pulling teeth and da, 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 da. And so I asked her, did you ever ask him like what his communication was like growing up? Did his mom ever ask him how his day was or anybody, not just his mom. Did anybody ever ask him how his day was? Mm -hmm. So she wouldn't ask them. No. So you're asking him to do something now that in 30 something years, he's never done. Wow. It's something new for him. Yeah. Right. And so it's not that he doesn't want to talk to you. Right. Communication is not something that comes natural. And it's not just him. It's common for a lot of us. Yeah. Right? A lot of us are told kids should be seen and not heard. Yeah. Right. Kids, they don't acknowledge right your feelings. Right. Stop crying. You 
they don't necessarily care how we felt growing up sometimes. Right. Right. And so to become adults and now we want everybody to communicate and communicate well is unrealistic. Right. So you got to meet people where they are. And so if you take the time to understand somebody else, it may not be, it's probably not about you. Right. right. Most of the time it's not. People are dealing with their own things. Right? You heard people say like, if somebody isn't calling on you instead of being upset, ask if they're okay. That goes for everything. Yeah. People are the way they are, right? We are all the sum of our experiences. We don't just wake up one day and are a certain way, right? So the things that you dislike about your partner, take time to understand. Yeah. Even things you do like, still take time to understand. We do we we do that with things that we know that they like so that we can replicate it for them again. Mm -hmm. But also do it for the things that you don't like because it'll help you understand why they are the way they are and you can stop fighting with them on that. If you understand it, then you can pick a more effective way to approach that situation. Right, right, right. <clears throat> so, um, uh, talking about communication uh, here, um, your your expertise um, does mm -hmm. include effective communication. So, can you uh, build on what you just said and and share mm -hmm. some key strategies uh, for enhancing communication skills to build stronger relationships? Now, I don't want you to you know give the whole game because I want uh, mm -hmm. uh, folks to utilize you and everything like that. So, if you can give a little tease. Absolutely. Um, and so I, it's so funny because I'm actually working on a communication book. Oh. And so the reason I am doing this is because I think the biggest mistake people make when it comes to communicating in a relationship is going to talk to their partner too soon. Mm. When people are triggered immediately, they want to go and talk to their partner. But when that happens, you're upset, you're yelling, you're cussing, you're not hearing each other. Mm. Right. And so this is the thing. You cannot be emotional and logical at the same time. Oh, because of the way, stick with me. I know I'm getting like into the science world, but just it's a little all bit. right. The way that our brain process things, everything that we receive comes up through our spinal cord. Mm -hmm. You know, the front part of your brain is your like that's where you process. That's your logic portion of your brain. The emotional portion is in the middle, so it has to go through emotional before it gets to the logical. Oh. So everybody has an emotional reaction first. So this whole idea that men are more logical than women, it's not true. We could talk about that later, but it's not true. Mm. You're always going to have an emotional reaction first. Now, when you are first triggered and you are angered, there's no way you can be both emotional and logical at the same time. So when you first experience this emotion, you are consumed in your emotion. Mm. You're not there to have a productive conversation the emotions have to play through before that signal can continue to the front part of your front part of your brain. And you can have a logical conversation. Wow. So that's the first thing people talk too soon mm -hmm. because you're still consumed with emotions. You're not in a space to have a logical conversation. Mm. Now, the other part, the other thing that's the issue with that is that as you are letting those emotions play out, sometimes people get real mean with their tongue mm. because they're hurt. They want you to hurt. Yeah. But then once you calm down and you are able to use the front part of your brain and process and be logical, now you want to go and apologize. But sorry doesn't make up for everything. Yeah. And you've already said it. And so I think people talk too soon. I said, think instead you need to process your emotions before you go and talk to your partner. Mm. Especially if you know you get mean and at least in that moment because some people they're not going to accept your apology. They're going to hang on to that. Yeah. Like I've worked with couples. We've worked through what the issue is, but that thing that you said when you were angry, that's still there. Yeah. 
And sometimes you can't really, you know, you can't unring a bell. And so I think if you take time to process your emotions beforehand, one, you avoid saying things that you regret that maybe you can or cannot take, you know, apologize for and they'll be okay with. But also what it does is also about the effective conflict resolution, right? If I take time to process how I'm feeling, what I can do is I can figure out why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, what triggered it, the third part, I can figure out if there's something that I need to work on or if it's something that I need my partner to do. Mm. Sometimes it might just be a me thing, something that I need to get over. It might be an insecurity on my part or it may be a combination of the two. But if it is, by the time I go to my partner, I can say exactly, hey, I felt like this when you did this on this date. Moving forward, can you do instead? Mm. It's a lot more effective. And I know it sounds unreasonable, but this is why it's important to have a safe emotional space for you to let go. And it may not be with your partner. Right. If the issue is with them, that may not be the case. Right. right? Especially if you can't hold your tongue, right? If you're still working on the self-management part. Mm-hmm. Um it may not be with your partner. So I think taking time to process your emotions first. Hopefully you have a friend that you feel like is a safe space that's not going to project and give their opinion, right? You mm-hmm. need a space to just listen or help you process or to go see a therapist or if you have a relationship coach, a safe space to process what you are feeling because a lot of times once you process it, you feel like, oh, maybe I was overreacting. Not necessarily overreacting, but maybe I made, I added to this, right? Because yeah. feelings are not facts. And so we have a tendency to, as soon as you're triggered, we make up this whole story Ooh. in our head. <laughs> we make up this whole story and now you're upset. You made that up. That mm. is not what, that wasn't their intent. That's not what happened. Like you just, you, you shouldn't draw conclusions, right? Stick to the facts. Yeah. And that's hard to do when you are emotional, mm. which is why if you should have an emotional safe space where you can let these feelings out. You can also process what you are feeling so you know exactly what you need from your partner before you go and talk to them. And so it saves a lot of argument. It saves a lot of time. And it allows you to actually get to the issue that's at hand so that we can move on. Mm. Um, I have tons of rules. Like You should always start your sentences with I mm. and not you, right? You is accusatory. And the first thing somebody's going to say is, no, I don't. Well, Very it doesn't matter so. what they did or not, right? Um, so you want to start your sentence with I, um, you want to focus on how it made you feel and not their actions. Mm-hmm. Well, you did X, Y, and Z. It doesn't matter. Like the action is not what's matter. It's the, how you felt. That's the part that you need to focus on. Um, so there's lots of things that you can, that we will work through and talk about in terms of, uh, effective communication. But that is like the big thing mm-hmm. with emotional intelligence knowing how to process your emotions, take into an account your partner, Right. If I know that I've been in the house all day, when my partner comes home, he might need a second before I start talking at him. Mm. But again, that's where the empathy comes in, knowing that after work, my partner needs at least 45 minutes to an hour to decompress. I'm going to let him have his time so that when I do go and talk to him, he is open and he can listen to what I'm saying. Right. So it's a lot that goes into it, but effective communication is like, the biggest way that you see emotional intelligence or lack thereof show up in relationships. Oh man, I I love it, Aaron. I will I will say this. Uh, we we only have a, a handful of minutes uh, left for this interview, mm-hmm. and I really only asked three questions 
Uh, wow. the, the rest of it was just organic conversation. Um, and, and I'm more than sure uh, the viewer, the listener, uh, is going to pick up a lot from this. Uh, and just to let you, the listener, know that Aaron will be back uh, from time to time, mm -hmm. dropping these nuggets of knowledge. Wanted to do this introduction uh, so that you all will know who is this young black woman giving us this advice on relationships. So now you mm -hmm. know um, her background. You know what she can bring to the table and how she's saving one relationship at a time. So um, you also wrote a book. Please do tell. I did. So the one that I, and I actually put it out this year, um, this one is, um, why was I created? Mm. Um, seven faith-based tips to help you discover your purpose. Um, and it's pretty much, it tells how I came to my, discovering my purpose, but also those questions and those tips that helped me to figure out, you know, my skill set, the things that I was passionate about and how to put the two together. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. Aaron, this has been a great interview. Um, one of the things that I like to brag about about the Melanin Report is that I like to say that we're one of the smartest shows on audio right now. Um, and, and just how you broke it down biologically uh, that <laughs> that your your emotions will be set off before uh uh, your logical thinking. I, I mean, mm -hmm. if if anything is going to stick with me, it's it's that because I like to, you know, I held my hat on uh, being a logical person, but now I know that that's gas, and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm emotional first, uh, which mm -hmm. which is a eye opener for me, and I so much so much appreciate you for that. So um, before we head on out, how can people contact you? How can they book you? Um, mm -hmm. Email address, website, social media handles. The floor is yours. Absolutely. So if you are interested in the purpose book that I wrote, it's on Amazon. Why were you created? Seven faith-based tips on discovering your purpose by me. Um, you can find me on social media. I use my name, Aaron F. Darton. So E-R-I-N, F as in Frank, D-A-R-D-E-N. Um, you can also join my Facebook community, which is called the Perfect Partner Community. Mm. Um, and also check out my podcast, the Perfect Partner Podcast, where we have difficult conversations about things that can affect your relationship. Um, it's not the place to have those right controversial topics. That's not what we're here for. We really have those productive conversations about how emotional intelligence benefits your relationship. Um, and my website is my name, AaronFDarton.com. If you want to send me an email, it's info at AaronFDarton.com. Um, I would love to work with you. Let me know how I can help you and how I can support you in building and maintaining your healthy relationship. I love it. Aaron F. Darden saving one relationship at a time. I appreciate you coming on the Melanin Report and giving us this game. Like I said before, I hope this isn't the last time you'll be on. Let me know when, and I am always willing to have a productive conversation. Well, folks, that, that concludes our second part of our podcast series this week with Ms. Erin Darden. And if you have not listened to the Monday episode, then, friend, I implore you to do so. And do not forget, we also are back on this Friday with our monologue and our panel discussion. I want to thank Erin again for joining us. And if you want to find out about any of Aaron's publications or any links, you can just look 
right below in the comment section. We got those things and we have those for you. This is the Melanin Report. I am Marquise Lupton and we'll see you on the other side. Peace. been a while since I seen it, I've been waiting, I've been thinking about to get your love drunk, no my muscles on my teeth. It's been a while since I seen it, I've been waiting, I've been thinking about to get a love drunk, no my muscles on my teeth. about to get my roll on, see the horse and I'm the trainer, pop it off in the kitchen, bend it over, I ain't playing, push your love it from the business position, take it off, push it off, cause she wanted to finish, waterfall, here we all got it up in the finish, from the moment I hit it, then I think I'm addicted, if we can get it just... It's been a while since you held you, I've been feeling I've been hoping one to spread my love on you, she can take a plus you wanna just It's been a while since we kicked it, lick it and stick it, smack it and the flip it, damn I swear you about to get it uh, She started kissing on my nose to see, but then she worked her way down like proposals be Hands gripping, mouth dripping, what the trousers be, got me screaming to the Lord cause my toes are sweet But see you got a decision to make, here we are, so how far are we taking this thing? Windows to the walls and the walls we making them bang, maybe take it off, it's a cost So let me begin, got me in my zone while I'm feeling on your booty Girl you look good, probably should've been in the movie Keep it right there, oh I love the way you do me Back that ass up, bring the juice to the stoosh Roll it on me, why you do it? Got me singing Baba Booey I'm feeling on your booty Gotta keep it juicy, biting, scratching while we do it, huh? I know you want some, baby, come in when you want some Yeah, I know you really want some, uh It's been a while since I seen it I've been waiting, I've been thinking about to get my love on She the one, I'm patient, huh? It's been a while since you kicked Lick it and stick it, smack it and flip it, damn it, girl, you got me dicked huh? Baby, you can get it, you can pick it, any minute, mighty love it when they get behind it You want a lot of me, you want a lot of you, dancing in the nude is what we ought to do We got a lot of rules, tell me what you wanna do, and if my girls and the girls will just let them fall through Every girl in the world, we can make it out, you make a toast, girl's voice filling up in every room Make a big boom in the room, then a monsoon, got a tingling, now she don't know how to move Got a feeling like she's on a high on the moon, and she ain't coming down for a while, it's a move Can't handle it can't handle it, man. I hope you ain't scandalous. Cause the way that we get it, the way that you hit it, I swear you can keep it. I swear you can get it for more than uh. Been a while since it's in, we just need to make it happen. Welcome to the love boat. Show you why the made me captain hop on. It's been a while since kicked it. I think we need to get it. I'm through with making yeah. wish, kiss it everywhere. I'm missing it. It's been a while all. since Cena. Where the fuck you been? Her? I need the Aquafina. Say I'm always trying to bone every single time I meet her. She tried to leave me alone, but she loved to ride a FEMA. I'm right down the feeder with some liquor and Sarifa. Girl, why you playing? You know you want this loving, baby. What the fuck you saying? Every time I hit the city, they all know that I'm the man. But I only want you, though I'm highly in demand. I mean, I'm trying to do it right this time. I don't even want to fight this time. I even went and got the candy and the roses. I've been trying to be romantic. I didn't even went and got the candle light this time. Girl, you know I don't do that shit You the only one I do that with I just wanna make you happy I just wanna make it happen I just wanna give you passion I can love you for the night But we can make it everlasting Baby, answer the phone What the fuck? It's been a while since I seen her I'm missing that Virginia We were bang, bang, bang Like on a monopia Come on Come on It's been a while since we kicked it Damn, it's been a minute I've been chilling at the crib And these feelings won't leave me alone It's been a while since I seen her She probably was a keeper, girl, this loving ain't there You ain't gotta call the reaper, hold on Hold on It's been a while since we kicked it Don't tell me that we finished, I just wanna talk to you, baby Why don't you just answer the phone?